Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Global news story earlier this week, Canada should resist further spending amid UK turmoil, analysts say. And the UK turmoil is something we'll talk about later on on the program when we're joined by Katja Hoyer, an Anglo-German journalist, will join us from London. It seems as though the just weeks after becoming Prime Minister, Liz Truss is facing talks of a leadership challenge within the Conservative Party. And the opposition leaders in the UK are clamoring for a general election. And she fired her chancellor, who's essentially finance minister, uh, with your replacement warning about difficult decisions ahead and some taxes going up. The previous chancellor had said taxes are going down. And uh, the Brits had not explained where that money was going to come from, so it upset the markets and the banks. So the advice is to uh, the Canadian government not to follow the path of Britain to cut taxes without explanation and how the country would pay for those cuts. I don't know that this country, under the current administration of Mr. Trudeau, would ever see tax cuts as something they would like to initiate. But let's talk about what's going on. And joining us is Professor Eric Cam, Professor of Macroeconomics at Toronto Metropolitan University. Professor Cam, thank you very much. Uh, Let's talk about this issue about stimulus spending, which is the advice that the Canadian government's getting. Not so much cutting taxes, because we know they're not going to do that. But stimulus spending, and Mr. Trudeau talked last year about spending $180 billion over the next five years in stimulus spending. The advice that we're hearing is don't. What do you say? I think Mr. Trudeau is doing what he always does, which is preach the ridiculous when it comes to the economy. You know, I hope that people were listening to Professor Charlebois. Profit's not a dirty word. And Mr. Singh does not have a clue how to operate an economy. The reality is, is that the government said the economic downturn, Roy, would be short-lived and transitory, and that's wrong. And the Bank of Canada said they expect the recession that's going to hit sometime in 2023 to be moderate and short-lived. And I think that that's wrong. Housing markets, I mean, thanks to their interest rate increases going as high as they have, as fast as they have, the housing markets have cooled so sharply, so sharply that we are now officially recessed. And soon that recessed may turn into partial collapse. And if you want to buy a house and you think that that's going to help you in particular, it might. But if you look at the macro economy in the larger scale, the housing market is still the single biggest indicator of economic health. So you have a housing market that's tanking, central bank in the midst of the most aggressive rate hiking cycle in history. So where is this going, Roy? It's got to eventually hit the labor market. That's going to be the last domino to fall if these rates are going to rise. You know, we call the demand for labor a derived demand. We don't buy people. We buy people to make goods, to sell goods. The problem is the way prices are going, there's going to be nobody around to buy those goods. And that's why economists are saying that the unemployment rate next year could hit 7%. And what does that mean? You always ask me, what does that mean for Mr. and Mrs. Consumer? It means that next year they're predicting, the conference board's predicting, everybody's disposable income. Each person, each wage earner's disposable income, their income after taxes, is going to fall $3,000 a year. And all Mr. Trudeau has in his arsenal is let's increase stimulus spending, which is, by the way, how we got here. Roy, I have absolutely no idea anymore what our government's doing. Yeah, I heard you say, well, tell me if I heard you say that we are recessed now. 
We're absolutely recessed now. All you have to do is look at macroeconomic indicators like consumption, like investment. They're down. But what's worse is when you look at the forward markets for these things, the predictions are they're going to be down much more. And I always come back to consumption when I'm talking to you, Roy, because consumption is the largest driver of gross domestic product. Right. And all that's, all that's going to happen with these interest rate hikes is that consumption is going to fall farther and farther, faster and faster. And as I say, the real kicker here is when it makes its way through the labor market and people decide that they can't afford to hire labor anymore. That is when we are going to hit full-scale recession. Uh, the finance minister, Deputy Prime Minister Freeland's press secretary, in the Global News story, claims this year's federal budget met the test of the federal government's reduced debt-to-GDP ratio. Question is, did it? And I refer back to Mr. Trudeau last year promising almost $180 billion in stimulus spending over the next five years. You know, debt-to-GDP ratio is just one macroeconomic variable of many. And so me telling you that Canada is doing relatively well in debt to GDP, well, that's not a lie. If you look at G7 countries, if you look at capitalist economies, our debt to GDP ratio is doing quite well. But I asked this question of Freeland and Trudeau and anybody else. I side with taxpayers. I side with families and mothers and fathers trying to maintain roofs and meals for their children. What the hell does debt-to-GDP have to do? The debt-to-GDP ratio, it's an interesting thing to look at a macroeconomy because it does speak to performance, but it doesn't speak to how wage earners are performing. And what we okay. care about as economists, I hope, are how people are able to keep roofs overheads and meals in tummies, and we are failing. We're failing our families. And if you look ahead and they're predicting that at best $3,000 decreases in people's disposable incomes, wow. I don't know what they want from people, Roy. Well, if you then look at the increase, the expected increase in energy costs and other costs, inflationary costs, that is a really, that's a double and triple whammy. Um, and, and going back to the UK story, maybe you can just fill in a little bit on that, but the, the Brits are finding themselves in trouble because they were not straightforward about how they were going to pay for what they were promising. And, uh, and we're being told, at least the federal government is being told, they got lucky because inflation at higher prices for commodities raised billions of dollars in tax revenue for the government last year. Spend that money to pay down the debt. Don't spend that money to do what you said you were going to do, and that is create stimulus. Correct? Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes. To, yes to everything you just said. But if we could talk about energy, I mean, I don't understand why a country so rich in resources, so able to produce and sell natural gas and crude and petroleum. We have a natural competitive advantage. It's what every country in the world wants, a natural um, grassroots competitive advantage where we should be out being a world seller. And yet we have fumbled the ball and we are a world buyer on the markets for all of these things. And it's just one more thing that I look at our government, like when they proclaim that they don't care about monetary policy, well, they obviously don't care about energy. They don't care about natural gas. It just makes me wonder, Roy, other than effectively tanking the economy and challenging the ideals of capitalism, what does this government truly care about? It, it, boggles, it boggles my mind, Roy. 
Well, we had the uh, Deputy Prime Minister and the Finance Minister tell a Washington think tank that Canada was going to move forward with energy projects and able to, in order to be able to provide our allies with what they need. Well, I don't know what uh, Minister Freeland's talking about because we the regulatory process is so terribly slow and difficult to navigate. The people aren't putting money. Organizations are not putting money into the uh, into the uh, potential to build energy uh, projects. Plus, um, where can we export? Dr. Cam, if I've got this correctly, and I think I do, there is one country only where we can export our energy, and that's the United States. That's the only place we sell our oil to, and they're the ones who then have the the wherewithal to export globally. We can't get our product to Tidewater and get it out internationally. So it, we'll, we're going to talk to Premier Mo about this a bit later on in the show today, but it, it, it's, it's all coming. The decisions made are coming home to roost. That's, you know what, that's an excellent way to put it. It really is. And as an economist and as a father, it's really destructive when I look at what's going on right now. Because if you look at basic how to grow an economy, we are, we are reading the playbook backwards and upside down. The only sector right now growing is public sector employment. And that, frankly, is a recipe for disaster if you look over time and you look over countries. It is really, really time now time for an economic overhaul, but I don't think this government has what it takes to do it. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.